Come on. He's chomping at the bit to start, Do this. Mikey. Let's do this. He needs the word, though. Come for me, Frank Moore. <laughs> Bring it, Frank Moore. I got a few surprises for you, Frank Moore. O. H. No, O. Letter O. I. O. Uh-oh. 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 Better be scared, Frank. Are we getting the word? I'm having Frank Moore for supper. I think we got the word. Oh, we're on? I believe so. After one, ten, after ten months. Has it been that long? It's actually, yeah. So what are we, in February? So that was April? Nine, May. Well, May was the um, the last Which weekend ER of May. Pardon? Which yard did you go to? Alta Bates. That's where I work now. You work at Alta Bates? I work in the ER at Alta Bates. Doing what? HIV testing. Oh, wow. Probably it's a nice ER. Running into Who's all the doctor? people we know. Who's your doctor? Dr. Curry is Frank's doctor now. Who's the nurse? Oh, we had yeah. every nurse in the ER. We were there six weeks. Oh, my God. Yeah. We had Dr. Um, Dr. Dr. Rubai, Dr. Curry. Are you there during the day or night? Uh, sort of both. I see both shifts. Oh, yeah. Are we on? We are on. Okay. Yes. I was. I was. On. I was in. Oh, you're, he's in the emergency room, right? We were in the ICU. Right? Okay, I have yeah. friends who work there too. Yeah, right. Yeah, we were in the emergency room many times, but you know, stay I'm there. I'm also that long. going to be communicating through a head pointing mechanism. Right. <laughs> See, that's why I can't wear a fucking mic. What if I, I'm going to clip this here for now. Tell us if you can hear him. Okay. Like right there? Yeah. Okay, let's. Can't hear you. That's okay. Linda will translate for me. A. H. Ah. P. E. R. Performance artists. Ah, performance artists. Uh, they <laughs> quit hogging the board first of three all. Three. <laughs> <laughs> this is, hang on. F R A Frank. <laughs> is. I should just give him a pointer. Here, here, Peter. No, right. I can do this. But look, look at this. This one will actually connect. Oh, my God. Here you go. It might be big, but and then you do this, although I don't know that you need this. There you go. 
That's the one Frank uses to type. Then you don't have to reach over. I of <laughs> ah, performance artist, Emma. MG, MO, I, MOI, N, G, morning, MOING, moing, G, going, going, to, E, A, Eat Frank. You're going to eat Frank alive tonight. All right. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Watch the hearing aids. <laughs> yes. Ask me a question, Frank. How? E. A. Easy was that. How easy was that was to use hard. the pointer? That took a while. Hopefully you can hear this, Mikey. And he said it was hard. It took a while. You and you are and you T. I T U R turn my board my H E A hearing aid. Oh, which way? Up or down? Mikey, can you adjust things? Well, you should leave it. Mikey will come in and um, adjust it. Can you see it? Okay. Oh, that's loud. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right. What is the H O What is the M home E home? What is the home? T G, what is the home? Theater festival. Yes. Oh, my God. I. The home theater festival. Can we talk about that? I am that. I am that good. You are that good, Frank. (laughs) The home theater festival is uh, my critique of how art is made and presented. I'm fucking sick of artists thinking the legit way to make work is through an institution. That they have to go through a gallery or have to have a fucking grant or blah, 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 all of that. So I'm trying to show people you can do things on a big scale with no money and no infrastructure and very little coordination. So this is year two of the Home Theater Festival. I think we've booked about 30 shows. So 30, there's going to be 30 home-based shows in people's homes. In the Bay Area, in New York, probably Chicago, also 
Okinawa, Japan, Australia, Toronto, Czech Republic. All home base shows, no money. Uh, we're going to charge a little, you know, I think every show is charging like five to ten bucks for a show. And the artist keeps all the money they make. No middleman. Win win. That's the home theater festival. You guys want to do one here? I. You'll be taping in March anyway. Do. I do that, every, do that every month. Every month. Every week. Yeah. In that we P E people think. They need to, they need money. People think they need money. People think they need money. People think they need space. People think they need publicity. People think they need a lot of things they don't actually need. I think when a lot of artists say, I want to do this, but I don't have X, Y, and Z, what they're really saying is, I don't really want to do this. So I'm going to set up some obstacles in my way so I don't really have to do the thing I'm, I'm going to tell everyone I'm going to do. So this is, you know, I think it's a twofold problem. I think one, arts institutions and galleries and theaters, how, wh however idealistically they started, they now have to have money for, to support their infrastructure and their staff. All right? So in order to pursue grants and donors, they have to play a certain game. And what they've done is pass the game on to artists. And so now artists have to play that fucking game. And so I believe that what's happening is that arts institutions have created a welfare state for artists where they've designated themselves as the giver of all opportunities and resources. And artists have to fight for those few limited resources. And they, W, I wish they could do it without artists even. Yeah, I agree. And, and paying the artist is always the last priority. It's always the last priority. So I think there's a welfare state mentality that artists have also bought into, a lot of artists. I need... I need institutions to give me X, Y, and Z. And I'm saying artists, don't buy into that. Everything you think an institution can give you, everything they promise you, you can get for yourself. You can achieve legitimacy for yourself. You can create your own venues. You can create your own audience. You can have a direct relationship to your audience. You keep every penny you make. There should be no middleman. I mean, my model is really like I think, there shouldn't be the church intervening between you and God. There shouldn't be an arts institution intervening between you and your audience, right? As artists, we have to, as individual artists, we have to own the means of production, right? We I, have to own the process from beginning to end. I, G, O, got, S, shit, for, U, D, Using H 
oh home right back back when frank was at the art institute he uh -huh. um we went out this was at the beginning of home video yeah we went out and got a, a home video camera uh -huh. and a little portable deck yeah and they gave him shit they said that you'll never be able to show your pieces shot on that because everybody was using three-quarter inch that yeah, and, fuck you, and you know of course frank proved them wrong because the same fellow students who said that to him later had positions where they were curating video mm -hmm. shows and paid him money to of show course. the same videos that they told us he'd never play. Of course. Of course. I mean, you know, low, low art. I'm all for low art. Badly produced, no fucking budget, amateur, you know, the cult of the amateur. I rail against, I mean, you know, and I, and I speak really for queer artists, but I really dislike the professionalization of queer art. I think it does us all harm when art is professionalized. I and if and you and you are on you. We're on have, the same page. Have. You have to do the A, the art, every, even, mm -hmm. when there is no, no money. Oh, no, no, you. T, when there is no, when not, when there is no, O, U, T, out, L, outlet, and you have to do the art, even uh -huh. when there is no outlet. Uh -huh. I did V, I, I did video, and P, U, put put them in closets where they sat for over 10 years because there was no outlet for them. But there's now. Yeah. <laughs> but then the internet. Internet. Yes. Thank God for the internet. You, if I did not M make the videos because there was no outlet. You wouldn't have had them years mm -hmm. later to mm -hmm. put on the internet. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No excuses. I, you know, my other part of the blame is, is blaming artists. Artists have too many fucking excuses for not making work. Yeah. They have too many fucking excuses. Artists want to talk a lot of shit about what their plans are, but they, but they don't want to do shit. At the Art Institute, when um, for, when we signed up, Frank went there to get um, his second master's yeah. degree, and this was really just when was to it? meet people. Um, Eighty-two, maybe uh -huh. it was like a two-year program. After we, my C A cast. B, 
of the Outrageous Beauty Review broke up. Right, they're like over 30 people we'd been together for like, I don't know, eight, nine uh -huh. years. And um, we broke up and D, E, S. So, I, W, had, B, E, Ben, doing, you'd been doing the art for... 20 years or so mm -hmm. by the time we went to the Art Institute. And the thinking was this would be a good place to meet fellow artists that yeah. we could do things with. And, and um, oh, and my God. Happened? Well, first of all, nobody would talk to Frank. If I would read his board, they would pretend it wasn't happening. Uh -huh. Even the teachers wouldn't talk to uh -huh. him. And, and everybody just sat around and drank through the classes and the, and angst over just like what you're saying, you know, how why they can't do their art. And they were fairly resentful of Frank because, number one, he was doing whatever he thought of and didn't worry about whether it, like, succeeded or failed. Because he had output. He did stuff. He was happy. He enjoyed doing his art. He wasn't angsting over Therefore, it. Therefore, he's not a legitimate artist. Right. He's producing. He's having too much fun. He's happy. He's playing. He's yes. having fun. Yes. Not an artist. Yes. <laughs> is L, is it R... E, A, real art, and or T, E, R, T, E, R, therapy. Mm. That was a question that came up. Mm -hmm. um, what aspect of the story um, they... P O they K N they knew about the OBR. They knew that um, we had done the Outrageous Beauty Review for three and a half years yeah. and it was very successful. So yeah. that was another level of resentment because like that level of success made it questionable whether you were a real artist. Yeah. And um so, and those are all the motherfuckers I, who are curating and are heads of galleries and who are arts administrators. Those right. are all people right. who really have never done shit right. and have never right. gotten their hands dirty. They got a master's. They would not, they wouldn't come to the performances like. On the in the the one class, the only thing that happened was people went to each other's performances, yeah. including the teacher, and yeah. then the whole class was talking about each other's performances. Yeah. When Frank did his, only one guy came. Nobody else came. They didn't talk about it because nobody went. Frank. <laughs> nobody likes Frank more. <laughs> I, but. You got your revenge. Well, the very, he, you know, we were like, ooh, you know, we ain't quitting. This evil, so, evil grin he's giving me. So ah. the last, the very last semester, um, they evil. had a visiting teacher who was um, Linda Burnham, who happy, happened yeah. to be the founding editor of High Performance Magazine, 
which we didn't know because we didn't know what we had been doing was called performance art until we went to the Art Institute yeah. for the video, and yeah. it was called performance art slash video. Yeah. So that's how we found out what we had been doing was called performance art. So we weren't that impressed over her and her magazine because we didn't know what it was. Uh-huh. But she took an instant liking and interest in Frank and started coming over to our house, inviting all her famous artist friends up from L.A. to meet Frank and put him on the cover of her magazine. Yay! So that was his revenge. Because even the teachers were like, how do you do that? When the shit is good, the shit is good. Yeah. When the shit is good, it sells itself. And... You have to S H I shit, and you have to shit on to, to have the shit, and you have to shit, and you have to, to, have to, shit, to shit to have the shit. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> You have to shit to have the shit. Yeah. That's zen. <laughs> yeah. That should be on a Buddha belly herbal company jar. You have I, to shit to have the shit. I have <laughs> a M I. A million of them. I have a million. Give of me them. another one, Frank. <laughs> and I'll give you one. So give me another one. Your, your turn. I always tell artists, don't believe in inspiration. Believe in deadlines. <laughs> don't. M. Don't be. A P R E Pretty Girl Don't be a pretty girl J U Just P U Put O U Out, out. Don't be ah. a pretty girl Just put out Dirty <laughs> Frank Moore. I have P. I have O N and I have only G O gone for one G R one grant. You've only gotten one grant? He's only gone for one You've grant. You've only gone for one grant? I uh, G whole arts grant got system. it. Well it was it was during that period when we were meeting all Linda was bringing all these artists up. And yeah. the one artist, um uh Paul McCarthy said to Frank, God Frank you got to apply for an NEA. You're a natural. You're going to get it. You all have to only have so to do So you got an NEA? So we applied and got it. $5,000. $5,000 for us was like $10 million. Oh, I, it was huge. I believe that. Because we didn't spend any money there. This was 
when they well you didn't have to sign any loyalty mm -hmm. oath or anything is that what you're going to say mm -hmm. this is when they be base the grant on your past work so mm -hmm. all we had to do was document what we had done up to that point oh, that's nice and give them a resume and there were no strings attached yeah. you just got the money you could do anything you wanted to do with it nice yeah but what we realized is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. What we realized, so we had all this money mm -hmm. for a year and we were hiring actresses <laughs> to do all sorts of things and performances and stuff. And um, we started like part of the way through the year. It's like, oh my God, now the money's going to run out. What should we do? Like, oh, we have to apply for another grant. And then all you of a sudden we thought, what are we doing? We don't want to do this. So that was that was pretty much it. We get realized on that fucking it's addicting. Wheel. It's addicting. And then it's the hamster wheel is not just about money. It starts to be about status. Because mm. then in your community of artists, you start having a hierarchy around who's getting grants right. and who's getting residencies. Right. Yeah. I. I mean, have you seen this shit coming out of grant? The stuff they fund is awful. We get a lot of stuff in the mail, but we throw it away. We don't even look at it The stuff anymore. they fund is fucking awful. Yeah. It's work nobody really enjoys. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even... No, I... Even... I have always be e ben o out side of that yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. they don't be o book yeah, they haven't. The only time Frank got booked in like kind of alternative art spaces was when Jesse Helms was investigating him, oh, and wow. people didn't want to be seen as the same side as Jesse Helms. So all of a sudden, all these places that wouldn't book him before booked him. Oh, because now he's hot, hot commodity. Yeah, so we actually exploited that and toured the You're country. You're notorious. <laughs> we toured the country at that point, but that was pr that was it. That was very isolated. They stopped booking him after that and they didn't book him before that fuck him c s so you got your own game I now always have we've always done it ourselves we um we find a space and if we're lucky it's a space we can like temescal where we can just do it as often as we want even if we're really lucky we find somebody like we had two different gigs at UC Berkeley yeah. you know, over the course of our lives that where Frank managed to get somebody who wanted to just sponsor us. Yeah. And so we had a free place to perform with yeah. no strings attached. Yeah. M. A. What is this behind me? I just noticed there's a B. And what? then we had the Mabuhe. Um, uh -huh. For three and a half years, where we could, Dirk, the guy who produced the show, said Frank could do anything he wanted Yay. there. So we did once or twice a week for three and a half years. You're a legend, Frank. But they're the kind of gigs we would look for, and they were gigs where we didn't have any strings, mm -hmm. where we could just do whatever Frank yep. came up with. Yep. We did our own publicity, we did everything. Yep.
I'm, I hate compromising. But we, but people think they have to R E A reach oh, a certain number. If you don't reach a certain number of people, it's not successful. And well, the way you can reach that number of people is by I going say. through the system. Here's what I say. I'm a big fan of Lydia Lunch. Mm -hmm. Do you guys know who Lydia Lunch is? She's fucking amazing. What? She's the Frank's co-star in Mondo, New York. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Lydia Lunch said something that I read very early on when I just started performing that I've always kept in mind. And I say this at every opportunity I get. She has a few quotes, but this is one of them. She says, your job as an artist is always to divide the audience. You have to divide the audience. So it's not about reaching everybody. You're not, so I'm not trying to reach people who are merely looking for entertainment. I'm trying to siphon those people out so I yes. get an audience that is insane for my work and is desperate for my work and will die without my work. So it's not about a broad audience but a deep audience. Yes. About having fucking loyal fans who will follow you to the end of the earth. And to do that, you have to piss people off. I just, so for the home theater festival, I, I, I booked Annie Sprinkle last year. And she said, um, she said, this is great. You know, is this going to be covered in any of the weeklies or newspapers? And I said, no, because I don't want people, I don't want people to see my show who find out about it by reading a newspaper. I don't want that kind of audience. I'm not fucking interested. And B, the people who need to know about what we do already know about it. And I really always believe that you, your work spreads if you do it long enough and if you do it awesome enough. If the quality is consistent, you just grow by one degree at a time. And people who love your work spread it for you. Yes. I and and I have F I have found there is no L I N line L I E linear there is no linear C O N Con N connection connection to the C O V E R coverage uh to no the coverage you get and the attendance and the attendance yeah it's true yes. right right when i right cuz we've had we've done things that have been like the featured event in the newspapers and 
And we didn't get much of a crowd. No. And then, like, sometimes no. we don't get anything, but our flyers and the places. It's packed. a it's a fucking myth that you need standard media. Mm-hmm. It, that's a fucking mythology. Mm-hmm. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Especially in the in the age of Facebook and social networking, people find out about you. <laughs> I mean, they'll spread it for you if your work is amazing enough. I. T. Tried. To. Tell. Annie. That. For the last 20 years. <laughs> Annie Sprinkle? <laughs> yeah, for the last 20 years. Well, the thing, you I, know. I, I, D, I, S, C, O, discovered. Frank discovered Annie as a performance artist. Oh, you did. She was, um, this was, around, it was around. She's your baby. <laughs> when she was working at a burlesque place. Yeah. And, um. Richard Schechner had taken his NYU class to a burlesque theater uh-huh. and spotted Annie and invited her and some other people to be part of this group show he was doing, and Frank read about it. And then um, sometime yeah. after that, we were going to New York to, be, to do a five-hour performance at Franklin Furness, yeah. and Frank wanted to get local people because we couldn't afford it. was just Frank and I flying out there. And someone, a friend was in New York and knew Frank was looking for somebody and happened to be at an event that Annie was at and spotted her, not knowing anything, mm-hmm. except she looked like somebody Frank would like. Yeah. So she went up to Annie and said, a friend who's an artist is coming, and da-da-da, and Annie was like, you know, and she gave her Frank's name, and she said, oh, my God, Frank Moore, I'm such a fan. She had read about Frank in a magazine. Yeah. This person calls us from New York, says, I found somebody, and we're kind of like, because we didn't trust her and she says who it is and I, oh my god you know frank had read about her so frank had annie in the performance and this was like the big this was before she was doing performance art yeah and the rest of the cast was specifically two people from la who had flown out because they had done the same performance in yeah. la and frank thought it would help him to have people that had been in the performance this was wrong yeah um because it was going to be a room full of people who had never worked with him, and we had like four days yeah. to do this five-hour performance, uh-huh. get it ready. We figured out after like the first day that the two L.A. people weren't talking to Annie because they thought they were above being in a performance with a stripper. With a titty dancer. A porn star. Yeah. And so, and Annie, like we were saying, we stayed at Annie's. And I was just crying. I was in tears. I When we went back to Annie's apartment, I'm sitting there crying. And I said, what are we doing? I said, because this is a performance about people being connected to each other and our cast won't speak to each yeah. other. Why are we bothering? And Annie was kind of like she was so used to that kind of thing. So Frank says, okay. So he goes into the rehearsal the next day. He takes the L.A. woman and tells her to go into this cave with Annie and aeroplay. Now, she won't talk to Annie, but Uh because it's part of the performance frame, she'll go in and aeroplay with her naked. What is aeroplay? Aeroplay is intense physical playing that is not intercourse, but there are no limits. Okay. And Anything short of intercourse? Yeah, it's like a, it's a very you know, you yeah. know, play communication. And what happened? 
She did it because it was part of the performance frame. She wouldn't talk to Andy before or after it. Wow. And then he, the rest of the cast, he told them to lie down and close their eyes. He took them through this like kind of mind trip thing. And at the end of it, which like he was creating like a space of what he wanted the performance to be. Yeah. Whenever, when that was over, like an hour later, he tells Annie and, and Shelly to come out of the thing. And he says to everybody, I'm canceling the rest of the performances because uh, the rehearsals. I'm, ca I'm canceling the rest of the rehearsals. All I want you to do is remember the feeling we created here. Okay. He said, if the performance is a flop, nobody's going to know your name. They're only going to know my name, and I don't care. He said, I just want that's you to smart. focus on that. And that's, that's the way we did the performance. And, you know, the L.A. people didn't talk to Annie, you know, throughout the whole event. And Frank, uh, but Annie, Annie was fantastic. And Frank said to her after this, he said, you're a natural. You're going you're gonna to be a well-known performance artist someday. Oh, oh Frank, I'm just a porn star. That's what she said. And with like less than a year later, she did her first show. And it was like, you know. I used to watch her as a kid on HBO. Yeah, yeah. Old, right? And I never thought. <laughs> As a kid on HBO, old. I you? never thought uh, when I met her, I was, I, when I was working with her, I was tripping. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe this is my life. But yeah. I'm hanging out with artists I used to watch as a kid. Yeah. And yeah. this guy yeah. that I used to watch on uh, cable access. Yes. What did you think at the oh God, time when you watched it on cable going to make me have this discussion again for the, for the for record the, for the viewers i said what is this freak what is this freak show doing what the hell am i looking at what the hell am i looking at w have I couldn't, it was so bizarre, I couldn't even form a coherent judgment of it. Like, it wasn't even like it was good or bad. It was just crazy. Did, did you, S, T, A, start doing art after, before, before you saw that show? Well, no, I was a writer. I thought I was going to be a writer. And uh, so spent ten years writing. I didn't start doing performance till just a couple years ago, actually, um, and the YouTube channel and all that. But I, I, I was playing that literary game of. I had a very uh, specific. W R, right. What? What were you writing? Short stories, and I had a, I had a good career writing short stories. I never had trouble publishing anything. Um, in fact, I, the demand for my stuff was outstripping my output. But my failure was, and this is the stupidity of youth, <laughs> I say, at the, at the age of 35, I got very attached to an idea of success. And I said, success has to look like this. If I, it has to, I have to publish my own collection, and it has to be by this publisher. You know, I got very attached to specifics. And, of course, when it didn't happen, I was devastated. And I spent a lot of time, and I spent about a year being very depressed. 
because uh, I, I, I had hit the glass ceiling. I just, I couldn't, and I didn't know what else to do. And then I, I remember I woke up one morning and I said, what if I stopped complaining? What if I stopped bitching? Yes. What would happen if I just took what I had right now, the money I had, the amount of time I had, the resources I had right now, depending on nobody else, what could I do? Oh, I could do a show in my living room. And, I've, and I said, I could, I've always wanted to do a show in my house, but I'm not a performer, so why don't I see if some of my friends would come out and perform? And they all, a lot of people just said, no, that's retarded. What <laughs> is a P-E performer? What is a performer? Well, I, at the time, was attached to the idea of people who had theater backgrounds yeah. and who could sing and act and, and had a script. No, and I was very attached. And then I finally just said, maybe I should just try it myself. So I had a friend come on as a director. And at that time, I was still doing high art. So I wanted to do a very high polished, serious, scripted show. And it just wasn't, it wasn't flying. And my director finally just said, God bless him. He said, I don't, I think you're a comedian. I think, why don't you just improv some stuff? And, see, and I said, I said, no. I said, comedy is an art. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I was like, no, we can't do comedy. That's not what this. this what? He, what is. What is art? So. I, oh, my God, Frank. That's that's a big question. I, um, I am that good. <laughs> I think at the base of it, art is a form of communication. S. So. It's a medium of communication. So every. Everything is art. I would say everything is a performance. I mean, art, art to me is too broad, but I, I think every I think every moment we're alive is a performance, you know. Um, and I think that's a very, I think, uh, Westerners, well, let me, how do I phrase this? So I was saying Westerners or Americans. I think Westerners are very attached to a sense of the authentic self. This is who I am. This is what's important to me. These are my values. And what I discovered was, no, everything is dust at the end. In a thousand years, nobody, nobody remembers. No, there's going to be no, not, none of this is going to exist. There is no authentic self. A. It's just performance on Why? performance on performance. A year. In a, a year. A year from now. Nobody's... There's, and, and I think, and this is what I really just, you know, and it's a bit nihilistic for me to say there's no future, but I, I don't believe there's a future for myself. And so I don't think in terms of when I'm making work, I don't think, in terms of consequences, I talk shit about our institutions to their face. I, and I know that it seals off opportunities for me, but when, when artists let go of a path or a future, no. then they're free. Right. Then you are fucking free. It does. It did. It oh, opens opportunities. It opens opportunities. To speak. To speak truth to, but just constantly shedding that sense of a future and a path. What the art school of the art institute? That a yeah, gig you're like that. 
Well, no, but um, they, right, they don't. don't. <laughs> the school is Chicago. They have school. your picture in the security guard. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the San Francisco Art Institute. So what happened? The School of the Art Institute in Chicago. Is that they? Well, they called us. We didn't know who they were, but they said they were going to pay us money oh, and pay nice. for us to come out and put us up in a hotel and pay for yeah. our food. And what did Frank have to do? He had to talk to an auditorium of this students. This is at the, uh, yeah, their annual conference. It's, um, no, it's the Visiting Artist Program. Yay! And, and so one night you have to speak to an auditorium worth of artists, and then the next day you have to critique graduate students' art. How fun is that? And, and visit a class. And so we said, okay. We didn't really know the School of the Art Institute. We didn't even know the Chicago Art Institute. We yeah. didn't know any of that. We just knew they were going to pay us, and what they wanted us to do seemed okay. Yeah. So we get out there, and we, they put us up in the nicest hotel we've ever stayed in. Yeah. And then we're walking to the place you know, the day before because we wanted to get postcards to mail to people and it's like this major institute. Yeah, that space is amazing. And Frank's writings about subverting art were in these fancy pamphlets all over the art museum and the school. It was like, oh my God. So the point, I guess, is that Frank, um, he gets invited to do things like that. Oh, you got nervous. I... T O told them to, to quit arts. Oh, we, what he told he the told students quit art, school. quit art school and follow your own vision. That's what he said. That's how he opened it up. I he had Mikey's um, poster That's art awesome. surrounded on the one yeah. wall of the auditorium, and all the students had been looking at it, doing an eye over it. So he had. He told the story of how Mikey mm-hmm. was told he couldn't draw when he went to school, and he was told by Mikey. his first, first um, you, you boss quit. He, couldn't, he couldn't draw, so he thought he couldn't draw. And so for years, he didn't draw because he thought he couldn't draw. No, stop it. And then when he met Frank, Frank didn't know he couldn't draw because he knew a graphic designer he must draw, so we started giving him these projects to do. And then years later, we're sitting around. This is your around, work? Yeah. Years later, we're sitting Who around. Who told you you can't draw? <laughs> we're <laughs> sitting around, and Frank says, when did you first realize you That's could amazing. draw? That's amazing. Who told you? Who is telling you you can't draw? He says, um, we're thinking he's going to say when he's 12 or 13. He said, when I did that third big project for you, that's when he realized he could draw. And then he told us that. So we told the students that story, quit and Frank said, school. so quit art school. Thank Follow you. your own vision. Thank you. Yeah. So Chicago, actually, they flew me out, too, put me in a hotel room. And so I was going to go speak at this conference where there were, I think I had to, there were, it was a huge auditorium. And I got up and I said, arts conferences are trying to sell you a crock of shit. They tell you that if you go to these workshops and learn about grant writing and learn about doing PR and setting up your own website, that you are going to have a career, that you are entitled to a career. If you just play these games and do this skills building and networking, you're going to have a fucking career. And all of that is bullshit because you as an artist are entitled to nothing. If you want a fucking career, you go out and you fucking hustle. What? Is a f fucking, and what is a fucking career? 
I I don't have I don't have one. Let me maybe career's not. No, you know what? I'll say career because I've been having this debate too. Keith Hennessy, who you know, <laughs> just dissed me. He said you don't have a career. No one's paying you. You have a so-called. I mean, you're calling it a career, but no one's calling it a career. Thanks, Keith Hennessy. Um, he, <laughs> it, is, a, <gasps> c, a. It's a calling. Am, art is a. Pro Here's the thing. I've been I've been doing this like. Like whether artist is a identity, and I I don't give a shit if artist is that I don't give a shit if you call yourself an artist. For me, art is a practice. I know plenty of people who call themselves musicians and actors and blah blah blah, and they're not doing shit. You you are a fucking artist because you wake up every day trying to make work. You dr you wake up every day renewing your fucking commitment and you put it into action. There's too many people who want to be artists but who aren't doing shit. That it is a a addiction. It's an addiction. It's an Amer it's a particular American mm -hmm. phenomenon of saying like you know, I get to be the creature of that. I get to be whatever No, you, you don't. Mean, oh, is that what you, No. What were you going to say? What I yeah, Frank means like that. You know what you're you're trying to say is it a career? Is it a this? Is it a that? He's saying it's a calling. It's an addiction. It's a calling. It's an addiction to make art. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know, I get a high out of making trouble. I get my neurolog. I neurologically get stimulated. <laughs> and it. And you have. Oh, people are pissed at me right now. And you have to be a. And you have to be willing to P A pay for mm -hmm. your addiction. You have to pay for your addiction. You have addiction. to be willing to pay for your addiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is true. That is true. Another pearl of wisdom. You have to Look, can we review? You have to <laughs> shit to have the shit. There was a second one. Um, pretty girl, something Pre about a pretty girl. Don't be a pretty. Don't just be a pretty put girl. Out. Put out. Yes, yes. And um, you have to. And pay you have to pay for your, your addiction. addiction. Yes. Yeah. B or U R M. I S missing missing no M I S E R miserable or you are miserable if you don't pay to do your addiction you're miserable at if yeah you are not a if you are not willing to pay for your addiction you're miserable. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have someone else pay for your addiction. S. So. Do. What. You. Can. 
do what you mm. may, do what you a, no, can, do what you can, mm. a, f, f, afford, so do what you can afford. Mm. Like, don't price it mm. beyond what you can afford. I tell artists, get a fucking shit job. Just right. get a fucking shit job. Right. Read. Which read? Art is a... Um, I need the um, writings mm. binder. Art is an addiction? Is that what I'm reading? Or is that what it's called? Art no. Art is a bitch. Art yes. is a bitch. Uh, just the right... Oh, is it in there? Okay, easier yet. Who's reading it? Philip's reading it. Oh, good. Okay. Show me which one it where, is. Where, where am I? Is Art is a bitch. Oh, let, let me see where it ends. Is it just here? Mike? That's misogynistic, Frank. Yeah, it's these two pages. All right. Hold Someone on. asked, uh, what were the three most important things you did to get a break and a? start moving forward? Uh, one second. A, C, T, act it out. No, A, C, T, a actually... No, A-C-T-U, actual, this was an actual, that's an actual question. Somebody really did ask the question so you're about some, to read. Somebody asked Frank, what were, the most, what were the three most important things you did to get a break and start moving toward recognition as a performance artist? And while you were moving toward getting to where you needed to go, how did you make enough money to survive while not taking away too much time and energy from your creative work? You want me to read number three? Yes. Okay. How do you spend your days now mostly? Approximately what percentage of each day is spent writing, marketing yourself, planning shows, arranging tours, scoping out and applying for grants, bringing in outside income, acting as a mentor to other artists, etc.? Is that the only one you want me to read? Well, no, read the whole okay. thing. All, all the questions? And, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you love most about doing what you do now? What do you hate most about what you do now? Okay, I can only answer art is not a career. Not a money maker, but a money taker. An addiction. A lifelong master who does not give a flying fuck what I, the artist, loves, hates, what I want to do, where I want to go. The artist's job is to surrender, to follow, to melt into art. Making money is easy, but the river of art rarely flows naturally that way without damming the river up. So keep your day job. Get a day job you like doing. Because art is your mistress of night, and you ain't her pimp. She'll take your money and time. She will take you into the basement of the unseen. You'll get old with her, attending her needs, rocking on the porch with her. No goals, no plans, no marketing, no rush. Just rocking, just surprises every day. Just people dropping by, just floating without knowing. Just doing, just suffering, just enjoying, just following. Just trust the bitch art. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And that is true. Yeah. And S. That is true. S. H. I. Shit. Uh, read the other um, art is like shitting that's in the other book hang on I think my camera turned off hang on oh forgot
You want to find it? It should be alphabetical. Right at the beginning, art. Yeah, art is like shitting. Do. S. Do A. There's an index if you can't find it. And it tells you where it is. Um, A. R. T. Art. Do art. Don't. Oh, creativity is like shitting. B. P. B. I. Do art, don't bitch. Uh, here's something uh, someone told me that I think I always think about. Get your mind. Yeah, okay, yeah. here's something I always think about. Here's some wise advice. Okay, I'll take it. As an artist, there are three things you must never do never explain your work, never complain, and never remain. Don't J U just J U S justify. Don't, don't justify, don't defend yourself. No. 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 Here's creativity. This book is heavy. It's just that one right there. Creativity is like shitting by Frank Moore. I feel like I, there should be some five year old sitting on the floor. <laughs> All right, kids. Creativity is like shitting. Most people do it. Everyone needs to do it more or less regularly. Every shit is different. There is nothing like a good shit, children. Some people obsess on their shitting. Some obsess on their own shit. Others obsess on other shit. Even buying it. I, Frank Moore, just enjoy a good shit. Oh shit, I'll let you in on a secret. I, Frank Moore, play with shit. Creativity is just playing. That is true. You're disgusting. You're a, mis you're mis you're a misogynist shit playing. Sh shit starting. Yeah. Can I tell you what I did last night? That was so awesome. Uh, I went to yes. a party. And I did blackface. <laughs> and there was... And all the black people were like, What the fuck? <laughs> so I was like, Hey, give me lessons on how to be black. <laughs> so they were teaching me on how to... The... The slang, the the jive talk, and the how to pose, and uh, you know, and then I said, and now motherfuckers, I'm gonna show you how to act like a faggot. <laughs> so I I had all these young straight black men, just just flaming out as faggots. It was fun. It was really really fucking fun. Um, 
But uh, I get accused a lot of being just insensitive, which, you know, is probably true. Um, <laughs> I, Why? Why? I got into a few recent controversies because I made a Bible masturbation video. So, you know, the Smithsonian, right, just did a, just censored a, a video by a gay artist who died of AIDS. And it had, this was a video with some biblical imagery in it. So I was pissed about that. So I made a video where I was masturbating, but I was using the Bible to hide the view. So the Bible was literally the object of censorship, right? So... Uh, the R... Are you G? Are you going to hell? Do a S a show E a sex sequel? A sequel? No, because to, <laughs> no, to it. Are you going to do a sequel to it? W I. With? With the Quran? Frank, I don't want to die. I don't mess with... I don't... I, even I have limits. <laughs> but I'm not pissed at Muslims the same way I'm pissed at Christians. Because I, I feel like the Christians have a much more localized effect. Now, Muslims are hanging faggots in the Middle East. Yes. They are torturing, so, killing gays overseas. So you... Just J E jerk off to the N and E New Testament. Testament. No, I would not say I jerk off to the New Testament. I jerk off with the New Testament. There's a difference. Yes. So because of that show, because of that video, this woman who had booked me for a show called and said, I'm Christian and I had a lot of problems with what you were doing. And are you going to be doing that on the show, on the stage? And I said, do you not want me to use the Bible as a prop do, on the stage? Do you even ever... Do you ever tea, tell people what you're going to do? No, I rarely do. But I said, now that I know you don't want me to do it, I'm going to have to do it. And I said, and if you don't want me to do it, you have to straight out and come out and say, I don't want you to do it. You cannot do this passive-aggressive thing of getting me to agree to something without you having to say it. E, exactly. So I said, if you don't want me to do it, fucking tell me. And she said, no, I don't want to censor you. <laughs> and I said... And so I said, I'm not giving you any fucking guarantees. That they never want to censor. That's what they all So I say. said, here's what we should do. You and I should get on stage and have this conversation in front of the audience and let them decide. And so we did that. And the audience was like, what's the big fucking deal? Like, we can handle provocative stuff. And she's like, but I didn't want you guys to think that the show was anti-Christian or that I was anti-Christian. And the audience was like, Nobody's going to fucking think that. We're fucking adults. So anyway, I put up that video. It got yanked off YouTube. I put it on Xtube. 
it got yanked off Xtube. So now I am never going to make a sequel or shoot that video again, because it'll never be as good as what people think is actually in it. Is not it a amazing? It, she, a, g, agreed to talk. Oh, I had to Isn't drag it her. To that Hang she agreed on. To talk? I had to drag her ass. It was not amazing. It was amazing. I dragged her ass fucking on the stage. She didn't want to do it. She did not want to fucking do it. And uh, but you know it was great. And then I and then I said. You know, I'm going to chalk this to the fact that you are a new curator and you don't have a lot of experience. And as a new curator, you don't really trust the intelligence of your audience. It was a bit condescending, I admit. Um, yes. But fucking, we are in San Francisco in 2010 and we're still talking about whether you can use the Bible on stage. I mean, are you fucking serious? But the O N only thing, the only time the cops, the C, the cops came. Oh, was, did you do a naked show and the cops came? Um, no, yeah. it was all the naked shows we've done. The only time the cops came was at a poetry reading. Why? What did you do? They, um, it was, um, it, it, Frank was booked to do this poetry reading, and it just happened that this cover story came out on the East Bay Express, uh -huh. which um, you could show Philip what the cover looks like. It's Frank and I naked on the cover, and there was, well, I was naked, and Frank was showing his belly. <laughs> But there was photographs inside that had nudity. Yeah. And it was a very, very, very good article. And um, that was out the week that we were going to be performing uh -huh. at this cafe, just coincidentally. So the woman who had booked us was excited about that and told the owners, thinking they would be excited about it, you know, yeah. gee, you know, they're on the cover of the East Bay Express, and that's who I booked to be the featured reader. Yeah. And... The owners looked at the article and said, is he going to be doing that <laughs> at our performance, at our, at our cafe? And so she calls, she emailed Frank actually the afternoon. We're, at, we're on our way there. And she, I pick up an email. What? S-H show him. What, where, when? Oh, would you show Philip where the stuff is in the magazine? Um, so we get an email. Frank's in the car, we're ready to go. I come out. I say, "Look, I just picked this email up. She wants to know what you're going to do tonight." Yeah. And so Frank's had me email her back saying, um, "I never tell people what I'm going to do, but I'll tell you this: I always get asked back." Yeah. So that should have told her something. Yeah. And um, so we show up she anyway. She got a bald naked chick on your lap. <laughs> She's bald, Frank. 
That's disgusting. We show up anyway. We get there. The owners aren't. Nobody's there except for the poets and uh-huh. us. And um, when the woman oh, that curated it comes in, she goes, "What are you doing here? I told you you weren't allowed to come here. You're not." Da da da. And so um, it turns out she ends up canceling the poetry reading because we wouldn't leave. We were actually eating. Oh, my God. Because we wouldn't People leave. People are hysterical. And they called. The owners come. They wouldn't talk to Frank. They called the police. The police show up. A 70-year-old poet was reading. She dr- they dragged the 70-year-old wow. poet screaming out of the cafe. The I, A, asked... The P, the poets, the P.O., the O, the owners. Uh You ask the owners, the R, are they having a... What happened was Frank asked the owners, are they going to have a poetry reading there that night? Yeah. And they said no. He said, well... We're all here. There's a bunch of poets. We'll just start reading our poems to each other. So that's what was going on when they called the cops. We were all sitting around reading poems. So they dragged the woman out. And nobody would talk to Frank. Finally, um, we're all out on the sidewalk. They put us out on the sidewalk. And the poets, the same poets that had cheered Frank on at poetry readings over the years when he would, like, kind of say things about standing up. Yeah. We're cowering in the back of the cafe. So he asked the cop, he said, can I go back there and talk to the poets? And so the cop escorted us back there. And Frank said to the poets, we're going to do the reading out on the sidewalk. Why are you sitting back here? Yeah. And the cop asked them, are you with him or something like that? And they all went, oh, no, 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 no. And they did this. And so we went out and did the poetry reading out on the sidewalk. And at first the cop said, you can't do this. And Frank said, am I not allowed to be on the sidewalk reading poetry? He said, you're not allowed to block their door. If I don't block their door, you're not allowed to sit on their bench. If I don't sit on their bench, he goes, well, I guess it's okay then. So he invited the cop to stay. The owners had now, of course, everybody in the cafe is reading that magazine because they want to know what's going on. And that's it. That's there should be a porn made where cops bust into a hippie poetry reading and then it turns into an orgy and it should be called a patchouli and pepper spray <laughs> it would be hot people are people don't want to take sides and people never want to take a fucking side at C L E, Cleveland. Well, we thought, right, they tried to get Frank to change his performance, right, the Cleveland Performance Festival. Yeah, they tried, yeah. Well, it was because um, Annie Sprinkle was booked to be the first weekend and Frank was the second weekend. Yeah. And the guy who curated it... um, this was during the period she was being investigated. Um, and so he used that to promote the show. Come yeah. and see Annie Sprinkle's vagina. That's how he yeah. promoted it. And Frank said, and the cops did. So the cops show up, 
and they told Annie that if she did the show she was planning on doing, they would arrest her. And um, Annie was actually planning on flying to Europe the following day, and she didn't want to screw that up, so she changed what she was doing. But she told Tom, the guy who curated it, she said, Frank won't do this. Frank is not going to change it. And she called us the Uh next day and warned us what was going on. And so, sure enough, Tom, who had been like, you know, kissing up to us the whole time, like, oh, Frank, you're the main event. I'm so proud to have you. I'm paying you the most money and just acting like this. All of a sudden, he's not our friend at all anymore. And he's just like, you can't, you can't come here and touch other people. You can come here and be nude, but we want a Frank Moore performance. So can you take all of those elements out? No. I said, no, won't do it. And, and we actually con, but he said, I want a Frank Moore performance, but I will come and talk about why I'm not doing the performance you booked me to do. Yeah. That's what Frank said. And he agreed to Good. that. He agreed to that. And, um, but what happened was um, before we got there, he started getting phone calls from people like um, the Village Voice yeah. saying, is it true that you're censoring Frank Moore's performance? Yeah. And the phone call got answered by the guy who ran the public theater that it was booked in. Yeah. And he, he calls Tom and he said, you're, you're censoring Frank Moore? You cha- won't let him perform? And so he got heat. And so all of a sudden we're getting calls and he's our best friend again. Frank, what are you telling people I'm censoring you? Of course you can do your performance. Pussy. Ass kissing asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I... L. Well, yeah, so we didn't know what was going to happen. We get there. We were, plan- we were prepared for anything. But what happened was we um, befriended the people who ran the theater, and it turned out everybody was fed up with this guy, and they were cheering Frank for standing up for him, yeah. standing up to him. And so what we did was we got them to go in, in on it with us. He, he didn't advertise that weekend. Yeah. Because he didn't want any controversy. So all he said was the festival was going on, but he didn't list any of the names. So he had people coming from all over the world, and they weren't getting their names listed, which people cared yeah. about, right? And so we, t- we talked to the people that ran the festival, and Frank said, what I want to do is we'll show – we were the second night of the weekend. We'll show up the first night when his group was performing, and we'll be naked. And we'll stand in the lobby and we'll give out flyers that we'll make up mm-hmm. with our name on it to people to come the next night. And they were so excited about it, they said they want to help. So they, ha- they ran off the flyers for us. It was all top secret. He didn't know anything about it. We're going up in the elevator. And he thinks he's our buddy now. Let's kick some, some artistic butt tonight, Frank. And everybody's like knowing what's going to happen. M. He was P R E. No, he was P R E P E R F. He was performing that night. Yes. And so there we are. We come out of the elevator. We took our clothes off in the elevator. Uh-huh. We walk into the lobby. And the place was packed. It was a big yeah. deal. And there's there like six of us. Men and women, female and male. 
and were there naked giving out flyers. So, of course, the press that was written um, said the highlight of that night was Frank Moore's troop naked in yeah. the lobby. Oh. And, you know, it, we did the performance. There was no problem. We did it just as proposed. Yeah. And he got really inspired the night of the performance. And then at the end, Frank talks to everybody. He goes, so what did you think? He says, this is why I got into this. This is the kind of art I live yeah. for. But, of course, the next day when he was driving us to the airport, we said, so Frank said, will you book me again? He said, oh, no. no. He said, you're way too much trouble. One time. <laughs> <laughs> one time, one night stand. <laughs> if artists... Get A C C E accepted. That is when to worry. Mm hmm. That's true. It's true. Yeah. That's why I go out of my way to piss people off. You know who's fun to piss off right now? Progressives. Always. <gasps> Even Always. queer progressives. Lesbians and gender queers are really fun to piss off. Um, how? How do you do? How have you been doing that? Uh. I do a lot of material about rape. I mean, I do a lot of uh, rape, abortion material, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of young feminists don't like that. Um, so I actually had an audience of mostly young white lesbians walk out on me, and. Uh, they wouldn't talk to me after the show. And then I would run into them at other shows and be like, hey, what's up? And they wouldn't talk to me. Finally, like, finally, like, I just sat down with one of them. I was like, what happened? And she was like, rape and abortion are never okay. Those topics are, you never, ever, you just should never do those topics. And then this other lesbian was like, because I also do a lot of stuff around race. Did, um, oh, Okay, is not a art, okay, is, isn't art, no, is not art, okay, is no, not. no, 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 but here's what, wait, I didn't get, I'm not sure, do you, do you get what Frank meant, no, okay, is, oh, when she said is never okay, and Frank is saying okay, is not art. When okay she said to you, art. rape is never is not okay. Frank is saying okay. So I'm running is not into. Art. I'm running into. The stream of conservatism in the queer and they're they consider themselves anarchists, feminists, anarchists, activists, but the stream of of. Of conservatism, where they believe that art has to be healing that art cannot be divisive, 
and that if you are presenting divisive, challenging material, you are victimizing them, and you are an aggressor, and therefore they have to mobilize against you because your art <laughs> is equal to violence against women, and it's fucking insane. And I'm like, and so the the problem for me is that all of these sort of really marginal anarchist progressive movements, radical movements, are predicated on the fact that everyone in it is a victim. Therefore, they have to constantly be swaddled in safety, and they have to constantly be looking out for for aggressors and and perpetrators. But and it's insanity. It drives not you. D, F, but aren't you F L, A, flattered? I'm like it pisses me off. Uh, I think it's just fucking stupid, and yeah, it tickles me. I enjoy pissing them off. I mean, I'm at my best when I'm pissed, you know. And pissing off Christians just got too easy. That. M. Means the art is alive, is dangerous. W works. Oh, works. That means the art works. Yep. So, you know, I've been called recently a bully, a <laughs> scumbag, homophobic, racist, anti Semitic. I mean, you fucking misogynistic. Don't. Every fucking thing. Want. Want to. R, read, A, C, L, A, classic, oh, Linda's letter, um, we have a classic letter written to us by um, an art expert about, you want, should I, yeah, let's see, that's probably in here too, right, you want to get it, it's probably under either, might under be under Linda, Linda Burnham. Or B, L, B, it. Frank, how do I get people to, to fetch do this? Stuff? How do I get people to <laughs> fetch stuff for me? <laughs> what is. Where are my personal assistants? Or I could just get it out of the file. Where I could just sit in a chair right and be tended to. Should I just get it out of the file? All right, you found it. That, there, for 40 years. Took 40 years. It took 40 years. You're just starting. I'm just starting. <laughs> when I need something, I have to go to the shelf and get it. Right. That's not. That's that's a disparity. I'm not comfortable with. I, I just want to smell your herbs you. all day. Yeah, that's it's fun. We that's have them out in the garden too. The I saw with it. that yeah. garden is well tended. Yes, there's a bunch of us working on it. All right, it's easier to get it out of the, out of the drawer because I know exactly where it is. All right, here it is, right here. It's well worn. Do you want Philip to read it, Frank? Do you want Philip to read it? Yes. Frank and Linda, I was sorry to disappoint you by not showing up at your performance last weekend. Oh wait, hold on. I think there might be an introduction. You. Can M A make 
see oh comments oh feel free to make comments throughout as you're reading it Linda and Frank, I was sorry to disappoint you by not showing up at your performance last weekend. I put myself in a ridiculous position of needing a ride and couldn't get anyone to bring me there. The real problem, though, is that I was reluctant to go. I think you hit the nail on the head, Linda, when you said it seems to be hard to get people you know to participate. I think I was really afraid to be put in the position of interacting erotically in public with friends. You guys are dirty. I think I learned a lot. That's my comment. I think I learned a lot about erotic play during the 70s through performance, and it's not fear of the unknown. It's just sort of abhorrent. You want me to read this part? Yeah, read it all. Oh. Just this part. Oh, no. Read it all. Yeah. It's, what? What? Um, it's just on. sort of abhorrent. Why? How? What? Where? When? The? R, E, D, when the red, D, O, dot, when the red dot, when the red dot is on, on the P, A, Paper. Oh, this is from your laser, you mean? Yeah. That it doesn't mean anything. That's just him looking at you. Okay. All right. I've spoken with a lot of people in San Francisco about your problems there. And the way they seem to feel is that your work is therapy, not art. By that, they mean that it has a function as an interpersonal exploration, but it doesn't address the concerns they are honestly interested in as part of the current art dialogue, whether it be mainstream or alternative. I explain that the fact that you have an audience means that you are doing work that is valuable, but the general feeling is that even if you are an artist and it's art because you say it is, that doesn't mean everyone has to be interested in it or that curators and presenters are obliged to show it. Most feel it doesn't belong in an art gallery, but in your own studio or school, with you taking the responsibility yourself. I do agree that erotic play is not concurrent with what's being looked at in art. And for many people, such performance brings back awful memories of things tried in the 70s that proved to be embarrassing for all mm -hmm. concerned. The only advantages you gain by showing in a gallery is the exposure to their audience and a certain stamp of approval from the space itself. I don't think there's any reason to battle with them if they simply don't want your work in their space. Even if you have them on a technicality, you should just let it go. Hmm. I really love you both and feel you are to be congratulated for your courage and determination. The fact that you have a group of students now and are making something of a living from what you do is phenomenal. That doesn't mean art presenters and art editors are obliged to deal with it, especially if they already have. It seems this is a time when you are going to have to carry the burden of presenting yourself in your own sphere or in places you rent and not try to force others to present you. I think that's the appropriate way for you to go and as you said, reduces the problems and disappointments. I know this is a little bit of a reversal on what mm -hmm. I said about the job of art spaces and about charges of old-fashioned and fear of nudity. But having examined my own feelings, your dot is on my crotch. <laughs> You see, this is what he means with your erotic laser dot play. <laughs> I feel violated. 
get look at this it's right it's all the perineum frank moore l it is e no r it is aeroplay i i don't buy it s rising Oh, you better stop. <laughs> you know, the other thing that bothers people about dealing with you, Frank, is that they're very offended by the way you use your handicap as a kind of force to get your way. Yeah, using pity, manipulating people's pity. In some ways, it's interesting to consider that a physically disadvantaged person... Look at... Stop! Can grab power by using psychological force on others, but in truth, it's a bit unfair. You seem to have a compulsion not to take no for an answer under any circumstances. Is that true? You just I put, you just put your dot wherever you want. Did <laughs> I did not get here by set, taking no for an answer. You might want to examine your <laughs> methods and goals and consider whether your style constitutes undue force. Wow. Mm-hmm. As far as our relationship goes, I would rather go on being your friend and your hel helper in the art world. I think High Performance and I have both given you a lot of help and would rather not be put on the spot anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you're out. So in future, let's just relate as friends. I'd like to hear about your adventures, but I don't want to be involved in the process anymore. I love this letter. <laughs> I wish I got something like this. <laughs> I'm not a soldier. I'm just a mediator. E exactly. Yeah. I know that this letter will make you want to fire off a rejoinder and shoot my letter full of holes, but that is really going to endanger our friendship. <laughs> I'm having a hard, I'm having a hard time trying to collaborate in the best power structures I'm dealing with. But at this point, it looks like you are doing yourself more harm than good. Yeah, good one. Way to burn bridges. <laughs> Frank and Linda. Way to manipulate. S. So. I. P. U. Put. That letter. He, um, he had me read it on a tape and we made it an endless loop. loop. And so w when we did that tour yeah. so around the country, when people had to wait out in the lobby, sometimes for that. hours... All they got to listen to was that played over and over and over again. And I love hate mail. I just got called a disgrace to the gay community. Why? A gay Christian was offended I would masturbate using the Bible. He said he loved my work, but that was the final straw. I was intolerant. And I said, well, you know, a Bible's an object. Objects as such don't have fixed meanings. So what I was protesting is what the Bible means to me, not what it means to you. And also, fuck you. <laughs> Why? Does... He like your work. He was, he, I mean, a lot of my work is just stupid. Like, anybody can laugh at it. There's, a lot of my work has no political content. It's just me acting stupid. And a lot of it is very, you know, 
you know, I always, I like the idea of, of putting a little poison in everything I do. <laughs> and sometimes it's a lot of poison. But that's, you know, do you know the artist Lee Bowery? Crazy queer, fucking crazy artist. Died of AIDS. But he, that was, that's a thing he did. He said, whenever I'm making work, I, I really only ask one question. There's only one question to ever ask, and that is, where's the poison? And if you can't answer that, you don't have a piece. But sometimes what I do is a lot of poison. Like, it's not even cute or funny. It's just, <laughs> it's just bad. Um, yeah. But, you P know. People always say, well, people always say they they like Frank's art. If he would only get at over at an arm's length. If he would only get over his obsession with with, with nudity, nudity and eroticism. Yeah, fucking pervert. Mm -hmm. I. I answer, no. I. Can. You. And I can understand. Not liking it, my, I can understand not liking my art, but to say you like the art, if you would just take out elements of it. Yeah, that's, that's called that. fuck you. Don't follow my art. Don't like my art. Go fuck off. I think, you know, our audience needs, people need to be told. Don't, don't look at the stuff I put out. Don't talk to people about what I put out. We, I, don't do a art to be liked. No. I don't do art to s h o shock to or shock i don't do art to, to shock. shock or o offend but i am a i am willing to shock to d e a i am willing to deal. deal with shocking and offending here's what i here's what i i think our role is as as underground artists and this is a role i'm learning to take honor in we are whatever people need to project onto us. We, I, I'm, I'm willing to draw fire towards me. Um, because at the end of the day, what people are uncomfortable with is their inability. It's whatever shit they have inside that they need to project onto you or to me. Yes. So I'm perfectly willing to take on those projections and enact it for them. This is where I think offensive, shocking art is, 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 is of value. 
we enact what people deny themselves. We enact what people have have no access to, and the only way they can have access to it is to have have some kind of a complete psychological breakdown. But we enact it for them so they can keep the mesh, this construction that they have that allows them to exist in the ordinary world. W, E, L, L, well, I, S, N, E, I sneak, in, M, to, I sneak into their M mesh. You sneak into their mesh? Yes. And P yeah. plant, P L A, and play. And play. With their testicles. Play okay. with them. And, and play with them? That's why you. No, and play with. That's why you get. It. I sneak into their mesh and play with it. With, uh, with undue force. What is was the phrase? With you use uh, Yeah, undue force, Frank. Some people call it rape. But if you want to call it play, <laughs> that's fine. Whatever you want. I I did no I did did I F O force force any one at two do Anything at the performance you attend? I will tell you that I think some people want to be forced a little bit. I think people want to be pushed a little bit. So they could have it both. Here's, here's how I think psychology, the psychology of the audience works. They want to be pushed a little bit into it so they could have it both ways. So that they could do this crazy thing but still maintain their identity. So they did this thing, but they're not fully accountable, right? This yes. is, I think, the psychology of the audience. Yes, yes. Yeah, so yes. they have a way out. And then you have freaks that are just going to walk in naked. Right, <laughs> we do have those, yes. In I'm not one of them. I have they, Asian body shame. They are. You're never going to get me naked at one H. of your shows. Not, not uh -oh. gonna happen. No. Look at uh -oh. this. Yeah, not gonna happen. <laughs> well, you got his attention with that. <laughs> Asian, not gonna happen. I've done a lot of nude performances. I have. And um, and then somebody invited me to like this, you know, like erotic men's nude weekend. We we're gonna learn about erotic men's. I was like, there's no fucking way. And they were like, dude, you were naked at the last show. And I was like, yeah. I was naked on stage is different from naked and interacting with people in real life. When you're naked on stage, your body's just another costume. You're, there's a distance. Yeah, Frank, but, it makes me uncomfortable. Your zone but, of fun is uncomfortable. But... <laughs> your, your zone of fun... But when? It's but not when, fun. 
but when there is no, but when there is no S T A, but when there is no stage, then what? And then what? But when there is no stage, then what? Uh, then hopefully I'm just in the shower and that's, there's a reason why I'm naked. You mean in a performance space. You're doing a I performance. I am functionally naked. You're in I'm a performance space. You're doing a performance, but there's physically no stage. There's just an area that you're using to perform from. I've, so there is no stage. I've done that. I'll tell you the first no. time I was naked on stage. No A. R, E, and there's no area. Okay, you're in a space, you're doing a performance, there's no area, you're just performing in the space with people. J, just, S, Yeah, that's called Woodstock. P, A, That was most of the space, 60s and 70s. Just space. And so then what? Well, the first time I was naked, I was at Yerba Buena Center for the Arts, and I thought, when the fuck am I ever going to get to perform here again? I said, I better do something crazy. So everyone did their stuff on stage and I went into the window because there's the window that looks out into the park and I was butt naked and there were people in the park. There were old ladies and families and I was just showing them my anus. <laughs> but, but, are, but the, W, I, N, D, but the window was the stage. Yeah. It was also antagonistic, which is fun. It wasn't about me sharing who I was. I, you know why I'm never going to be naked at one of the shows? You know why? Here's the real reason. Because you want me to be. Now it's a battle of wills. I... <laughs> huh? Now it's about yeah. Who has a stronger will? No. Who? S A. Who said I don't? Who said I wanted you to be naked? Hmm. I know what you're thinking with your little laser pointer. I. I'm that good. I. M. I. Is it I? No. V. A. V. A. N. I. Vanity. Him thinking that you want him to be naked. Wow, look at you. <laughs> you want everybody naked. Frank, that's your projection, and I will, as an artist, I will draw that projection toward myself. V, A, I want to get hot, young, naked guys to show up at my shows. I should, I, I should, I should just, I should, in a shamanistic move, take on the Frank Moore spirit, and I'm gonna see if I can get some. Let's see if I can get some hot guys naked. Mikey. <laughs> Mikey, yeah, you want Mikey naked? He'll get naked right now. That easily? Let's do it. <laughs> really? 
Sure. Wow. <laughs> it's fun being Frank Moore. <laughs> Have you... Okay, Duh. Mikey, get up here. <laughs> Here's what I want to ask you. Have you... Were you always this comfortable with nudity? Okay, so what changed? And sit in Papa's lap. So what changed here? Well, do you need to be speaking into the thing? Because you can hold that. Clip this on, on your pubes. And hold it, yeah. There you go. So what was... What changed? Well, well let's see. Well, I met Frank. When started hanging out with Frank back in the late 80s. I was in a band. How old were you at the time? 28 or so. And Okay. So he was the lead me. singer in a band that turned into Counting Crows. Oh, he Adam was the lead singer. Yeah. I just saw we it. We were managed by Bill Cram and all that. Fast track to fame. Fast track. Okay, and then and what, a nice little what happened? haircut, skinny. <laughs> what happened? Um, well, I wasn't really happy. Okay. And <laughs> um, I went, I met someone who was working with Frank, and she gave me some stuff that Frank had written. I was like, just kind of like, wow. I thought all these things, but I didn't know they were real or that you could do them. And then I went to see a performance of Frank's and just kind of sat there and thought, wow, this guy is having fun. He's doing art the way he wants to do it. And just made it look really easy. And so. I went to a couple of performances and then I quit the band and <laughs> became Frank's backup singer. And what, okay, so what, what, talk about the transition from being uncomfortable being naked to now. Hmm. What was that? What was that about? What was that like? It didn't really take much. <laughs> really, you know, I went to one of Frank's workshops and it was really just like, the first time I did it, then that was it. You know, it was like no big deal. So it didn't really, that it didn't really, yeah, it really was that. Was that the same that. for you? You know, I was comfortable with nudity before I met Frank. Always? Yeah. Did you grow up in a family culture? No, the opposite. You know, nobody was comfortable with nudity. Very, a large Catholic family. I mean, you know, locked the door when they went pee. I mean, it was, yeah. wouldn't dress. I just, it just, you know, made sense to me. It was easy. Yeah. And Frank? I. L. O. I. No, L. I. Lived in M O more M O T M O R R O Morocco wow. and and H in Germany and that their cultures impacted you. So you got to leave this what country. The, they had a culture, they had a different relationship to their bodies. Yes. A lot of Mediterranean countries. F, free. F-R-E-N, French, Morocco. I saw Adam Duritz, by the way. <laughs> he, he didn't look happy. 
<laughs> there was some middle-aged depression happening. Yeah. Yeah. He just divorced his wife, didn't he? We don't follow um, it. Yeah. <laughs> not up on it. <laughs> yeah. Not not a happy man. What? I can get used to this. When? <laughs> where? A. Whereas, Mikey is happy. You are happy. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's true. I. D. E. L. I. I deliver. A. A, A N. U. Nude. Guy. On. Your. Lap. <laughs> <laughs> It's the best Chinese New Year's present <laughs> a girl could ask for. E, exactly. I and A, S, U, P, Super, B, O, W, Super Bowl. Oh, this is my Super Bowl halftime present. T, yes. <laughs> okay. Mazel tov. I'm having one of those moments where I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I love it. I'm part... I'm part of that freak show that freaked me out when <laughs> I was 18. Right. Right. I have become, and now there's some other 18-year-old <laughs> right. going, is that a naked guy on an Asian? <laughs> is, that, is that guy Asian? <laughs> and then with the wheelchair? What is, and then is that tie-dye? What is? <laughs> What's going on? The L A Last P performance I S T A started by T R trying to get someone no get someone to undress the the camera guy. Mikey? Oh, uh, Mikey wasn't the camera guy. Corey. Corey. Did it work? Oh, I shouldn't. Yeah. It was Corey. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody. Oh, you're saying he could. It, it was really hard to get somebody to take his clothes off. So Corey was willing. Yeah. But somebody else. Couldn't get anybody to do it. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. A. G, A, gay, G, girl, said she wouldn't do it because she's gay. She was there with her well, but partner. But it's not about sex. Exactly. 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 Well, it's always about sex when it comes to bodies. But it's not really. No. It... R T 
took half hour, forty minutes to get somebody to finally take his. That's an interesting off. boundary. I wouldn't have. I would have never thought that. That's that hard. Yeah. It. It's because you didn't have a gay audience. You would have had to pick by lottery because everybody would have wanted to do it. In. Uh, U. N. Never. A. You never can tell what's going to be the thing that's going to be like what's the hard the, wait, thing for people to naked, deal with. Now I see nudity on the screen. Oh, that's an arm. <laughs> no, that's a leg and an ass. Yeah, I can see what you're looking at, but it's, it's an arm. I can see how you're seeing it. What uh, What have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> what is this, Frank? Frank Moore, slowly. I feel like I've drank the poison. <laughs> And I've been absorbed. It's like I'm, I feel like I'm doing acid in 1972. <laughs> white people are so free. <laughs> Look at white white people are free. <laughs> oh, Why? That. A. R. T, art, E, X, P, expert, Y, that art expert, S, said, she, T, R, tried, nudity in the 70s. Ah, uh, yeah. Apparently it was traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She's projecting some of her own. <laughs> yeah. So when you're naked like this, or in a show for you, is there an erotic sexual element for you? No, you just, there's no, no there's, so you have no difference between dressed and not dressed. No. Hmm. For you? No, not really? at all. No, no. <laughs> but no. there is an erotic element to the performance, wouldn't you say? I would say there's a vital element to the performance. Like it, there's a certain, vi there's a vital, juicy vitality, but I wouldn't necessarily call that erotic. Mm -hmm. It is E. Erotic in every, in some, in thing, in any thing can H happen. It's erotic mm. in that anything can happen and mm. there's that feeling. So do you feel like there's, do you feel like if there's an erotic or sexual element that comes into the performance, does that... Is that accepted into the form of it, or does that ruin the purity of it? Well, I don't. Um, like, if, I don't. I don't kind of break it down like that. It's on a spectrum. Yeah, it's yeah. So people get aroused during the performance. I don't know. I don't think that I. I don't. There's like you know, arouse like that kind of means something that like. 
like life is a turn on. Everything yeah. about life. Sp- um, smelling the herbs with you in there was yeah. erotic. Yeah, that it was. was a turn on. But that's like, was I aroused? I mean, you know, in that life is arousing, yes. But like, there's a certain okay. charge or something as if like it's something different or that there's some separation or something. And I don't experience it like that. Yeah. And, and at the performances, we dance or we'll play erotically. And I don't find like that's like over here. It's any different from s- – it's all just kind of I – think, I think that's what's sort of interesting. There's a dissonance between like U.S. performers saying w- w- this is not for us necess- – it's not necessarily erotic or sexual. But I think for the audience who's never experienced this, for them, they're, for them, it's a sexual erotic experience. But I'm not, I don't think we're saying it's not erotic or yeah. sexual. I'm just saying there's like that the way the way that comes off is something like hard, like there's like a separation. There's something charged about it. Yeah. And I think for me, I don't experience it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Is a n u nude g guy is a nude guy on your lap erotic? erotic. Yeah, <laughs> like, but you know, I'm sure, like, because, but I'm sure by you know. The fifth time it happens, it'll just be like, hey, <laughs> I guess it's Thursday. That's what happens <laughs> on Thursday. B. No. Four. No. B. N. O. Now. Is it erotic now? Frank Moore and your uncomfortable questioning. <laughs> I was almost about to answer. Let me turn the mirror back on you. <laughs> no. Um, is it erotic now? Yeah, for me, there's an erotic sexual element now. He, but so, see, what's interesting, but for him, like, no. A, can, can you describe it, what you're calling erotic sexual? I the feeling? I think, I think there's an element of, what's, what's interesting for me right now is that He's chilling. Like, he's, like, comfortable. And that's strange. Because usually when, when bodies are naked together, from, in my experience, it's a charged thing. I. G. O. Go. For. The. Charge. For the C. H, chill. You go for the chill. Chill. Well, you said he's chilling. Frank said he goes. Frank goes for the chilling. Yeah. A. L. Also. I. For. The. A. R. Arouse. Arouse. And f- also for the aroused. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, because I, I do see a lot of, like, 
nude performance in like modern dance, say. Mm. And I think there is that like, you know, like, this is not, don't sexualize this. And if you sexualize this, you're a pervert. Like, don't, you know, this, these are highly trained artists putting their bodies. So don't, don't, you know, there's. I have G O gotten M O more E X P L. O, I, explicit. Uh huh. I have gotten more explicit. A. S as the. S. O society. Has gotten more. U. Uptight. Mm hmm. I think the artist's role is always to balance. If society's yes. going one way, we have to. It's it's a scale, but because there's fewer of us, we have to get more extreme. Yes. Yeah. I. I, J, I just, R E A. Reach, R E A, red, A. B, a book, B I, O, biography of oh, Jean Genet. Oh, he's amazing, isn't he? He's my hero. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's an outlaw. Yeah. Yeah. We're playing his movie on Frank's cable show. Uh, it's what is it called? Fleur de. Um. Fleur de Saint. Saint Oh, I love that. Yeah. That image where they're swinging the flowers. Yeah. yeah. And that little hole that they yeah. blow cigarette with yeah. a straw. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, about Jean Genet. Yeah. How? No. A. I. G. O. I go for this. I go for this. What's happening right here? This is what Frank goes for. In this. Um, mm hmm. Well, you got it. <laughs> I've become one of the freaks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was just going to watch the circus. <laughs> I've become one of the circus. <sighs> no, you guys are doing something really pointedly. Uh, necessary yeah. yeah I mean I'm I have a pretty high tolerance for discomfort and your show pushed my buttons yeah how how 
I don't know. Just like, because it's on that line of like getting people to do something they kind of don't want to do. And because it involves, because it's that, un- what's uncomfortable is that getting that kind of, uh, that pushing, but because it's about nudity, it's about sex. So you're on that cusp of like, you're in the territory of sexual coercion. But it's not, but at the same time, it's also not. But you're right, like that's what's uncomfortable about it. It's the nexus of a few really highly charged things. Right? Yes. But. They. We'll change positions. They do. They do want. They do want to. It. They do want it. I think people come out to be voyeurs. I think people say, okay. And I think people have heard a little bit about it. Yeah. But even when they W A watch or W A walk out, they are in it even when they watch or walk out Mm -hmm. they're in it yeah well who was it that said voyeurism is a form of participation i t i don't think they are Voyeurs. What, what would you call them? N or they would are run or they would run out. No, they would not run out because they got to gotta stay to see what happens. See, that's that's the that's the weird thing about it is people don't know whether to stay or go. That because it's not purely repulsive. That is why I. Yeah, you are the best we know. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. S use B O boredom. That's why I use boredom. Frank. To thin the crowd, to get rid of those people. Yeah, it's a durational. Is that is that is that why you question people for like an hour to get rid of? Like, oh, I guess nothing's gonna happen. Right, right, right. What? Well, now that I know, I'm just gonna show up an hour late. <laughs> what at the art institute? Well, that was one of the things that happened when we were there. I used the are reverse right because he was told that he only had the space for like an hour and a half 
That's, that, that's how long his lecture should be. And he said, why? Do I have to be out of the space? And they said, no, you can, the space is available all night, but that's people's attention span. So it's always an hour and a half. And people will walk out after an hour and a half. And he said, I don't care if people walk out. So what he told people, L, it, T, turned out, they, for, they be, o, booked. Oh, they booked Frank. Well, what we the other thing we found out is that the students had been requesting Frank for years, mm -hmm. and they had heard he was trouble, so they didn't book him. But then the teachers started requesting him, so then they had to. Mm -hmm. So they booked him as the first visiting artist of the mm -hmm. semester because nobody shows up for that event because people are, it's like the first day of class and place was packed. The auditorium was filled. And so he told people that the best part was going to happen after most of the audience left. <laughs> and so nobody left and we went three hours. Yay. And they were, the, you know, the bureaucrats were like, how did he get people to stay for three hours? So we used the reverse. Telling them the good stuff. Next time we get booked, I want to show up as you. Because <laughs> who's, they're not going to know. <laughs> show up as Frank? Yeah. Is that what you said? He, he did that with um, Extreme Elvis. That's Frank dressed up as Extreme Elvis Where? up there. Oh, yeah, I see you him. See him? Extreme, I don't, do you know who Extreme Elvis no. is? He's very popular around here some years back. A big, a big white guy that played Elvis as the fat Elvis. Because his thing was like, how is a fat guy going to get the girls? Elvis and so he was very popular he would poop on the stage and you know he was like a Gigi Allen thing and oh God. pee and do I all this it. stuff but he had a really good band and they did re they sounded really good and he had backup singers that would pee on him during the show and all this stuff he was a fan of Frank's and so he had this idea so of them switching yeah, so he, he showed up. He didn't tell his band. He didn't show, tell anybody except one backup singer who was the one that wheeled him in. And he showed up in the audience as Frank. In a wheel, he got a wheelchair. He dressed in tie-dye clothes. He had a guy dressed in bright-colored clothes wheeling him around. And Frank, it's packed because he's very popular mm -hmm. Saturday night. They wheel Frank in, and the crowd Yay! just goes nuts. You know, who is this guy? And... And Frank did the show as, as Extreme Elvis, the whole show, the whole Fun. night. Including getting peed on by the backup singers. Oh, you did get peed on. Yes. Another boundary I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then the video. Well, right around that time, the um, mm -hmm. Gilman Street Project, which is like an all-age mm -hmm. club down the street, um, had contacted us because they were having this video night and they asked if Frank would send them a piece of video, like a 20-minute piece of video they could play. And so Frank said, cut 20 minutes out of that show but include the part where I get peed on. Uh -huh. And so we sent them that. Well, it turned out that was like the most controversial video of the night. People thought that Frank was um, forced involuntarily involuntarily doing this and being peed on involuntarily. You, B, N, you never know. Were you in your wheelchair when, when you were peed on? Were you yeah. out of it? Yeah, yeah. He was singing. 
He was in his wheelchair singing an Elvis song while he was peed on. That's a taboo. That's some taboos we should play with. Frank being involuntarily peed on or <laughs> shit on or raped or anally <laughs> probed. <laughs> What is Frank's discomfort zone? Mm -hmm. We don't like pain. But that's, I don't know if I'd call that your discomfort zone. Mm. I am a willing to L. To P, L, to P L. No, I am willing to L, O, O. Look. Look. Like. The. B, A, the bad guy. That's your edge. What do you mean by that? You're willing to that? That's not like a. That's not something that makes you uncomfortable. You're not uncomfortable. What makes Frank look uncomfortable? What would what make you uncomfortable? I don't like, I don't have, do, I don't have zones of. Oh, Frank. Yes, you do. D, F, I, find it. I'm going to need a serrated knife. <laughs> if I could just get that. Uh, he had, we had on that subject, there was that whole thing with um, Luna. Um, there was... Um, we had met a guy who was in a punk band that was a fan of Frank's, mm -hmm. and um, it turned out his, um, the Feeders, I don't know if you know them, they were a big band. Uh -huh. and, um, so his girlfriend was a dominatrix, and we didn't really, this was a long time ago, and we didn't really, we weren't the hip to that whole scene, and we didn't know really much about that. And she um, wanted to work with Frank, but she said she thought it would be good if he could see what she does, what she is. Mm -hmm. And she asked if she could set a dungeon up in his studio and have a mm -hmm. session with him. And? Well, we said yes. But, you know, for, for us, for me, I was uncomfortable mainly because I didn't want Frank to get hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, but I, you know, we did it. A, if I... If you're asking her to do things that, you know, is like step into the unknown, he had to be willing to do that, too. So she rigged up. She had hardware. She had all this stuff, these ropes and these all sorts of things. She set the room off. And then wow. I wheel him in and I leave and that's it, you know. And what happened? Insanity? Well, no, she, you know, did her thing, you know, did her dominatrix thing. And it was, it was fine. I... T, trusted. Mm -hmm. That's what he was asking her mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. 
Did any, anything, anything else you would like? I don't know. Before the show is over. Last question. Yeah. You know, Mikey can pose the last question. <laughs> oh, Lord. And now Frank's uncomfor- <laughs> Frank is uncomfortable yeah, well, now. Yeah, it could be a long-ass wait for Mikey Good. to come up with something. You, Mikey. After all, I don't talk. You. What was the last question? Oh, you found... <laughs> I you found, found Frank's <laughs> zone of discomfort. You did it. You found it, Philip. Really? <laughs> He's uncomfortable. That's the, that's the uncomfortable. If Mikey gets asked a question. Well, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> you asking Mikey to come up with something because we know that we could be here for a while. Why? Mm. It's gonna take you a while to think of something. Mm-hmm. You're gonna ask something. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Linda asked the last question. Should I ask the last question? Um, Let's see. Um, <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Do you really? Do you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, Mikey has a question. Go ahead, Mikey. Thank you. Can you get shit for the um, Holocaust video you just put up? My vagina yes. Holocaust? I got a little bit of shit. My Israeli friends wrote me and they were like, this is not fucking funny. You thought it was funny, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Even when I was making it, mm. I made it with my director, who's Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) And we were both sitting there going, this is really wrong. And yet we couldn't stop filming. And then we were like, can we really put this out? And he's like, I don't know. Both of us were like, I feel funny inside. (laughs) This feels weird. I'm scared. What's funny is that that, that video got posted to a website and one of the comments was from white supremacist. So it's gotten somehow adopted into the white supremacist anti-Semitic movement. I mean, it's uh, they really, liked it. They liked it. Uh-huh. Who? Which is very strange. Who e who don't? N O not who don't n o t i notice u r c h i chinese are you chinese mm-hmm. yeah who they don't know the white, and the white premises don't notice that you're chinese and gay that and a zionist <laughs> and <I've> been israel <laughs> Yeah, and my my, my friend uh, Kirk Reed, who's my, do you know Kirk? 
He's my performance art mother, and he said, I saw the last video, and here's my thought. You're running out of sacred cows to slaughter. You've, you're right sort of at that edge. And never. You'll never run <laughs> and out. And he said, maybe it's time to ease off the shocking material. Oh. And I told him no. Yeah. I told him there's no, I can't. T. Y. O. U. T. Youth. No, Y O U. T. YouTube. K. E. Keeps. Taking. Your well, videos off. Lying. They keep taking our videos off. Yeah. Even though the masturbation with Bible video showed nothing explicit. Mm. Well, what we um, what we realized the part there was a three part there's a three part um, YouTube thing of a performance we did in L.A. They kept part two and part three up, but the part one is all they took up, and it's all the it's like a band playing, and it's Frank naked singing. The part that features Frank naked singing is what they took <laughs> off. The rest of it, which includes that, but also has naked women and other people dancing That's around. Fine. That was okay. Well, you know, their policy is they, it, they only take videos off if someone flags it. Mm. If no one flags the video. Mm. So if you have a guy who doesn't want to look at a naked guy, mm. who just wants to look at women, it's fine. Right. It's totally, it's user dictated. Right. Huh. But they, three, S, T R I N um, strikes. You're oh, is that with YouTube? If you get three taken down, I don't even know if it's three. Maybe two. I'm on a six month probation. Oh. So someone flags vagina holocaust. How many have we had taken down? A couple. A couple. Two. Yeah. But luckily, you can just create a new account. <laughs> <laughs> It's like water. It's like <laughs> right. Mm. On that, on that note, who, who are you? Tell the audience who you are. We haven't. Here's. I'll your give name. you my stock answer. <laughs> when people ask who who are you and what you do, this is what I put in bios. Mm. I'm a lingerie model turned actress. <laughs> that's that's all. I, you know, that's that sums it up. Okay. And do you want to say your name, or is not really Philip? Okay. I don't know. No. We're holding down the Berkeley freakdom. By the way, I heard about. Here's how I heard about you. Mm. Again, my friend Lula was like, um, I answered an ad, and I went to this guy's house, and it was this guy in a wheelchair. Not, not an ad. It was, um, was it, it was on Facebook. No, it was on Facebook. But she was, yeah, but she was like, it was crazy. And then, and then they held a show, and they planted me to come down naked, like take my clothes off first. Yeah, it was Lula. I love Lula. So that's when I was like, that must be that guy. 
Was it you? Okay, so I went to another party and some kids came and they were like, yeah, we were on this like weird scavenger hunt and it ended up with us at somebody's apartment and a guy in a wheelchair. And everyone just started taking off their clothes. The scavenger hunt. They came to the tennis scout. Oh, right. When was that? Oh, like that was last ago? year. Last, maybe last year. Yeah, or I was at so. this party, so this kid showed up. Was just like, and I was like, Frank Moore strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was these people that have this organized scavenger hunt thing they do, and they emailed Frank and said they they take the whole Saturday and they lead people around doing interesting things. Would it be okay if they all came to this performance? Yeah, and Frank, didn't you? They. A, they asked what they should, oh, what should we do to prepare them? Mm. He said, um, oh, will you be going out to eat? And they said, yes. And he said, have people feed each other. Ah. And they did that. They did that. And that was it. You're a maestro. You can get anyone to do anything. I want a picture. Do you want me to take a picture of you yeah. as you are? My, my In the coat? Yeah, just here. Come on, Mikey. I'm not even naked in my own house. Pushing <laughs> two and a half hours? Mm. 7.30. Yeah. yeah, you just have to push that button. Which button? This right here? Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. I can see this. <laughs> this I can see. Oh, lovely. Oh, I think I just took a picture. Can I take That's fine. One? Take another one. Yes, this is easy. This is my kind of camera. Look at my own. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Oh, very nice. Ooh. P. E. People. Always. Want. Think. One, two, and two hours is a long time. Really? Okay. That oh, passed. That was you didn't quick. Have any problems. Yeah, it always goes fast. But there have been people. Or they have walk. guests that are like. I can't do two and a half hours. I'll come for an hour. All right, let me just think. right on for one show. Did it just we're ending? We're two, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay, it's over. I think. Yeah. All right, it's over. <laughs>